tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. LifeRadio.fm, ye old Mark and Mac show. <laughs> you know, dude, you sent me that Bert and Ernie thing yesterday about monkeypox, right? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> All right, so people accuse us of being like, or think we're like Bert and Ernie, like we live together or something. We don't. We both live in separate houses. We have separate wives, and, yeah. and our wives are not sisters, although both redheads. Yeah, so. Right. Yeah. At least, at least that's that. all we remember them being is redheads. Yeah, back in the day. <laughs> so, what, Mark sends me this Bert and Ernie story yesterday, and it's yeah. like, oh come on! I, now yeah. it was from one of our favorite news sites, right? Yeah, it's the Babylon <laughs> Bee from the Babylon Bee. Love and, and I love was, when people quote that. You know, I know, and and I love when I post it. And, you know, I'll share it online and somebody will write, I just can't believe I They get all upset about something that's a joke, you know? Right. <laughs> and they're not upset oh, at my. the joke. They, they buy into it. They believe that it's a real story and mm -hmm. that's just terrible. And I have to write back. Yeah. It's the Babylon B. It's a joke. Uh, just lighten up. <laughs> oh boy. It, it does get you a little freaky though, because people just don't get it. Uh, um, that was funny. It was funny. And here it is. It says, uh, you know how they, they, they lay stories with where it is you know it says yeah june 29th 2022 sesame street <laughs> that's what mm -hmm. it says on the story the cdc has issued a lockdown advisory to the residents of sesame street after longtime roommates bird and ernie revealed they have both contracted monkeypox <laughs> our hearts go out to bird and ernie who have been platonic and exclusive friends for many years now said big bird luckily they've both received the monkeypox vaccine and all 13 monkeypox boosters <laughs> We pray for their speedy recovery. Uh, Ernie was heard wow. saying, Ernie, Ernie was heard saying as Muppet CDC bolted the door to their studio apartment shut. Hey there, Bert. I don't know if that bathhouse in Madrid was worth it. <laughs> the CDC is urging local residents to take extra precautions and refrain from, um, uh, well, Muppet intimate activity with Burton Ernie or wow. anyone else in the area who happens to be covered in festering sores. And they then released a wow. detailed poster with advice on how to avoid the disease that no one on earth asked for. <laughs> wow. And then it says at publishing time, Big Bird also has mysteriously come down with the monkeypox. <laughs> <laughs> liferadio.fm mark and mag show and uh, hey by the way go check out liferadio.fm and I, I know if you listen to the uh, station on the app and we appreciate that you might not go to the main website often but if you feel like it you know we've got the daily bible reading and other stuff on there go check it out that's liferadio.fm meanwhile back at the ranch which the ranch was a very busy place <laughs> because meanwhile back at the ranch is used a lot in movies so yeah <laughs> meanwhile somewhere in time a creepy amusement park you know yeah meanwhile back at the wait a minute uh, during the market back show there was a robbery meanwhile back at the ranch there was a uh, creepy clown act who ended up at the amusement park <laughs> meanwhile back at hell headquarters mm -hmm. and wasn't there a song where there was a part of it meanwhile back in the jungle you remember? That? Oh yes. yes. That was, oh wait a minute. That was wait a minute. It was stranded in the jungle uh -huh. by Cannibal and the Headhunters. <laughs> oh my goodness! I can't believe I know that. Meanwhile, stranded in the jungle and uh, <laughs> wow. 
What is wrong with me, man? Could have been you science. Know, Could have been math. But no, your heart, cannibal man. and the headhunters. I know it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that's that's All right, bad. So, Tell me about the creepy clown, Mark. Um, uh, a creepy amusement it's park. It's a creepy I'm sorry. amusement park, actually. Uh, they, it's been, um, this thing has sparked outrage. It put up a monument to a nine-foot bear. Not just any bear, though. It was a bear that actually killed seven people. This enormous predator struck on the Japanese island of Hokkaido, and now they built a theme park in homage to the bloodbath that has opened the, <laughs> it, it's opened up in the rural Sankabetsu region. The, the, Sanka, the Sankabetsu Brown Bear Incident Reconstruction Location, these people have a thing for names, you know, is <laughs> <laughs> themed around the savage five-day ordeal, which saw houses destroyed and seven villagers mauled to death by a huge rampaging brown bear more than a century ago. But the centru- this, this thing is not for the faint-hearted. Online reviews for the reconstructed site include comments like, I couldn't visit it alone. It's too creepy. And I was too scared to leave the car. These comments aren't exaggerating things, as the official website for the town even warns visitors that it's not well lit even in the daytime. There's no mobile phone service in the area. Brown bears may appear, and please refrain from visiting at night because it's dangerous. Wow. Sightings of Asiatic black bears and the larger brown bears, which live on the island of Hokkaido, are on the rise. So the warnings are worth noting, especially given the horrific events that took place in the area. The attack, known as the Sankabetsu brown bear incident, occurred in 1915 when newly arriving settlers in the area were in the process of clearing land for farming. Wow. That's that's crazy. That's just crazy. I know that. I, 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 go ahead. I, I have to correct something. Yeah. I was wrong. I While you were talking, I'm like, wait a minute. Cannibal and the Headhunters was Land of a Thousand Dances. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, but who did, who then who did Stranded in the Jungle? It was the Cadets. Yes. I got Cadets and Cannibal. So, yes. yeah, the Cadets. And that was in the Cadets in 1956. But yeah. if you ever want a Cinderella story, go look up Cannibal and the Headhunters. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four Chicano guys, you I know. Guess. There we go. The cadets. Yes. With my little girl who was uh, back in the States. I was stranded in the jungle, uh, afraid and alone, trying to figure a way to get a message back home. Yeah. But I was out of nowhere <laughs> that the wreckage of my plane Let had been picked up and spotted in my girl and lover's lane. And meanwhile, back in the States. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> It bounces between that. Meanwhile, back in the love club. it. Yeah. Okay. Wow, I love that man. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you for doing that. You know how much I appreciate that effort. Thank you. So much better than the creepy story. <laughs> I just can't believe I messed it all up between Aww. Candle and the Headhunters and the Cadets. Oh, well, and then you know, in the back of my head was the song Timothy. You know, that really? song, which is all about being, yeah, it's about cannibalism. It was banned in Boston, and it came out, and then it's like, oh, man, my brain went nuts for a little while. They think and that then, Bear Park think, is a dark but, and scary place. That's, but no, do. Your, your brain is a dark and scary place. But do you know who wrote the song, Timothy? Oh, that was all about well, cannibal- I bet you knew. Rupert Holmes. Oh. Rupert Holmes. The song is the you know, Pina Colada song. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show 
You know, Mark, when um, <laughs> there are people who drive fast just for fun, you yeah. know, just driving down the road and their speed, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a 60 mile an hour zone, they do 70. It doesn't matter. It's just a game. I'm not that guy. Hmm. And it happened when back in the day when I was fairly young, um, I got pulled over when I wasn't speeding because I was in a sports car uh-huh. and I got pulled over. I went to court because I, the, and I lost because the police officer lied in court. Now I'm oh, thankful. Man. I learned this lesson at an early age because I learned right thing. Cause a, I was not speeding B I hadn't had anything to drink. C I did try to jo- dodge a tire that was in the road. Mm. And when I got up, you know, when, when it goes to court, cause I fought it, it was a, because it was a speeding ticket. That was a three point ticket. I didn't want to have it on my insurance back then. I was, and by the way, I was 17 at the time that it happened. I turned 18 before court. Hmm. Everybody lied. The cop gets on the stand and lies. The district, the district attorney, the prosecutor, he lied. And I'm sitting there by myself thinking, I thought, okay, I'm going to go to court. I'm going to tell the judge exactly what happened. He's going to tell the guy, hey, don't write tickets for that. And I'll, well, I'll leave and that'll be it. Okay. That's what I thought. You go to court, tell the truth and you leave. Not so much. You go to court, everybody in there's a liar and the judge picks the one he has the best relationship with. Mm. That's how it works. Wow. If he likes the prosecutor and the cops, he's going to get them and you lose. Doesn't matter what you've done. You lose. Know that going in. So fighting a ticket like that is not going to happen. So I don't speed. I just, from that moment on, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to give them any reason, you know? Mm. I, anyway, so ever since then, I've been a, I follow the rules of the road and I do it in such a way that one time when we were headed to a sales meeting, I was in the lead driver, Nathan Park directly behind me, <laughs> and we got to this place through Birmingham, Alabama traffic, and it was crazy and everything else, and we get there, and Nathan Park said, that was, I think, the safest drive I've ever had through Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, following the rules of the road. So there you have it. He didn't know That's his, riding with Dave. He didn't know his grandpa was leading the way. Um, oh, yeah, fine. Now I do. The, now I will say, if you want to get Dave mad, go slower than the speed limit because my nature is to go as fast yeah. as I want. Yeah. That's my nature. But my yeah. law abiding, I don't want to yes, get in court exactly. and have another judge lie. Yeah. I so anyway, there you have it. And, but and drive slow in the left lane, please do that. <gasps> <laughs> exactly. Well, police in Anne Arundel County, Maryland, took to the skies last week to catch speeders on the ground. In a news release, the police said its traffic safety division joined forces with its aviation unit for a speed control operation on Maryland Route 10. That's a seven-mile expressway that runs from uh, Pasadena to Glen Burnie. Overall, within a two-and-a-half-hour period on a Friday afternoon, authorities made 19 stops, issued 24 citations, and gave five warnings for what they called egregious speed violations. One of the department's helicopters hovering above the road relayed information they uh, they captured on speeders to both marked and unmarked police cars on the ground, and those cars made the stops. From the sky, the aviation unit managed to observe multiple speeders going over 100 miles per hour, Mm. including... A Ford Mustang going 169 miles per hour. What is wrong with these people? Yeah, most of the stops were for drivers going more than 30 miles an hour over the speed limit. The posted wow. speed limit on Route 10 is 55. The fine for going 40 miles and over 40 miles per hour over the speed limit, 530 bucks. 
Drivers can also be fined for reckless driving and negligent driving, and that explains why mm-hmm. there were more citations than there were right. stops. You know, so well, you know, when you when you get down to this, okay, driving at an excessive speed, um, it is dangerous, okay. Mm-hmm. But here, the part that people don't understand, they'll say, "But I'm a good driver. I do I do this all the time. I always go fast." Blah blah blah. Fine. Mm-hmm. It's not you I'm worried about. Right. It's the other people. Mm-hmm. The other people who are trying to get out of the way aren't very right. good drivers. Yeah. You know, they're the ones because if you're doing 169 miles an hour and you misjudge somebody else who's doing 55 the speed limit, mm-hmm. there's going to be a, a massive wreck. Yeah. And you know. Yeah. That's all. It's not about you. It's about the others. And that's when you're on the road. It's not about you. It's about the other drivers. Yeah. A couple of things. Jane and I were out not long ago on a Friday evening, and we had to cross town for to go where we were going. And I was not sure we were going to make it in one piece just because of the crazy people just driving, oh, okay. weaving through traffic, driving really, really yeah. fast. Obviously, yeah. obviously, there were three or four vehicles chasing each other. Oh yeah, and they're weaving through traffic while they're doing it. Uh, it's not cop cars man. or anything. It's just it's just people who think they they think they're yeah. ten feet tall, bulletproof, and they're never going to yep. die. And they're driving like yeah. crazy. And the other thing, <clears throat> when I was in high school, there was a bumper sticker that was popular that the hot rodders, the you know the guys who would you know worked on their cars all the time, they had it on their bumper. And it said, "Ban low performance drivers, not high performance cars." <laughs> <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and max show and you know mark there are tv shows now for just about anything you can imagine Hmm. i mean from people eating steel wool to you know people having stuff you know in their ears nose wherever Uh, wherever there's an orifice somebody can stick something in it and it's (laughs) usually something weird that's why they do tv shows about it if there's a show called dr pimple popper there's a show about everything trust me and didn't I? I think that was one of those shows that began with a woman promoting her practice on the internet. Yeah, and, I think. And yeah, it was a, yeah, she was a YouTuber, I think. Yeah, yeah, and boom, you know, and and what a show! Because I didn't realize. I, I'm gonna be honest, Mark. My mother, and and bless her heart and soul, I don't know how she survived me. I don't, <laughs> and, um, but she did. And from a very early age, we were taught: do not make a you know a deal out of somebody who looks different. As a matter of fact, yeah. befriend them, be nicer to them than you you know. And you know, on Doctor Pimple Popper, because I've watched it, and you'll hear adults talking about something like you know, it's a mass growing out of their head or whatever. And the comments that they they're they're now adults are in their thirties or forties or older, and they talk about how people react to them. Hmm, and yeah. I'm thinking, you know, come on, peeps, really? And it breaks my heart for somebody to go through something that they you know, yeah, because not every doctor is the same. Not every doctor knows what everything is, even though we believe that. Hmm. And anyway, so when you know you have somebody, there was a woman on the show one time. She had something on her head, and she would grow a ponytail or whatever to try to cover it up and. You know, her kids would go to school and the the other children would be kind of harsh about their mom because she had this big blob growing out of her head, you yeah, know? Yeah. And Dr. Pimple Popper got it out and it was basically a cyst, you okay. know? Yeah. I mean, but she'd been to other doctors who didn't, couldn't do anything, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Which anyway, the, the long story short is there's a story right now and it's about a boy who blew his nose and oh my gosh, it'll mm-hmm. blow your mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Umer Kamar. Vaguely remembers shoving the silver coin up a nostril as a four-year-old. Then he just forgot all about it. 
It was never spotted despite countless sore noses and trips to the doctor. But now, at last, he's noticed a change for the better. Change. Uh, Umer says... (laughs) I didn't get it. Umer says, when I got over the shock, I felt pure relief. He had trudged downstairs for lunch at home in Croydon, South London, holding his nose because it was hurting more than usual. He added, I could feel something hard in it. And his mom told him to blow his nose. Well, Umer went back upstairs and put cotton buds in both ears, held his left nostril, and breathed out quickly through his right. (laughs) And they say he came back down after 15 minutes, just stood there and said, well, a five-pence coin came out. Wow. (laughs) We all stopped eating. I remember asking him, are you serious? I just cannot believe we never knew. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, Professor Claire Hopkins at Guys in St. Thomas Hospital in London says young children have a fascination with inserting things in their nostrils and five pence coins are the perfect size to disappear and be forgotten. Yeah, but here's the problem. It wasn't. I mean, they for, he forgot he did it because he was four. Yeah, yeah. But he had been to the doctor. That yeah. was the thing. They're like, this not is not a child who was just ignored. This is a child who had nose problems and talked about it, and they mm-hmm. took him to the doctor and never could figure it out. Right. And they're... It, all I can, I don't know how big a five pence coin is. Mm. I'm assuming about the size of a dime. Yeah. It's going to be around that size. I think. Yeah. All right, man. Mm. It bless his heart. You know, that had to hurt. Yeah. And they talk about how wonderful the healthcare system is in the great, in great Britain. <laughs> Couldn't find a dime sized coin. No. Have you heard of this rational, this radical invention? It's called the x-ray. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark i'm a little hung up on that uh coin in the nose story mm-hmm. and only because you you know you laughingly made yeah they've got you know they always brag about the uh, british uh, right, medical yeah. system and you're like i i was thinking because you were talking about x-rays and it's right. like i wonder because i don't know about nationalized healthcare. i know what i've seen i know what i've heard right i don't i used to by the way this is from somebody when he was younger believed that it was a good way to go and then I actually grew up and I learned some things and studied and went, Ooh, million six. And that's not a good idea. And <laughs> yeah, all the know, horror stories. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the fact that here you go, the kid's got a, he's, he's complaining of a sore nose and they probably never x-rayed it because that's just an additional cost and it's not causing any, it's just sore. You know, it, I'm guessing that's probably what happened, you know? Right. Yeah. Never know. All right. Man, there is a story about a man. There was a man. Not any ordinary man, but a man who was uh, robbed his victim at gunpoint outside yeah. Wendy's. And yeah. here's the reason why. <laughs> the South Florida man robbed another guy at gunpoint last week outside of Wendy's fast food in northwest Miami-Dade. <clears throat> According to the suspect's arrest report, the victim was getting out of his car when he was approached by John Earl Taylor. Yes, we have all three of his names. He's in trouble. Uh (laughs) He's 34. Mr. Taylor asked him if he could buy him some chicken nuggets. The police said victim. The victim told Taylor, I only got enough money for myself. And he went on into Wendy's. Well, as he was leaving, Taylor approached him again, this time pointing a semi-automatic gun and extended magazine at him. Police said Taylor then demanded the victim hand over his gold chain and his car key. According to the arrest report, the victim was in fear for his life and complied with Taylor's demands. Police said Taylor then got into the victim's car and took off. 
A, burg- a burglary detective spotted the victim's car just before 10.15 a.m. Friday, parked in a parking space. Police said Taylor was seen entering the vehicle and fleeing as more police officers arrived. He eventually crashed the car and was transported to Jackson North Medical Center to be treated for minor injuries before being booked into the Metro West Detention Center. Uh, he faces charges of armed robbery, carjacking, fleeing, and eluding police, and driving with a suspended license. <laughs> Well, wait a minute. What about him not wearing a seatbelt? There's got to be a seatbelt law violation here, Mark. You know that. But you know what's really amazing is they, they didn't use the kid, the guy's nickname because John Earl Taylor, his nickname is Opie. Oh. This is how we know what happened to him. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. Mark and Mac Show. You know, in the movie Forrest Gump, Mark, yeah, um, there's a, a testing of Forrest Gump when they determine whether or not he needs to go to uh, basket weaving and tire retreading or <laughs> go down the regular path of, of education. Right. And if I'm not mistaken, he was two little points away. Wasn't that it? <sighs> two measly points. It was something like that huh. on his IQ test. So what? so Sheldon's mom was not the only one to have him tested. Right. We have to remember. That's exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say much, do you, boy? <laughs> All right. So. Yes. <laughs> there is now the new youngest member of the opposite, the High IQ Society, mm, yeah. Mensa. Yeah. The oldest High IQ Society has accepted its youngest member ever. She's from Oldham County, Kentucky. Isla McNabb is a normal two-year-old child. She loves to run around, play with her toys and her cat, but her parents noticed that something was different. Her, her father, Jason, says she just had an affinity for the alphabet. Then she started sounding out the different letters. Then we started out with some simple words, and she sounded them out. Soon after, Isla was reading. She was reading at kinder, a kindergarten level at two years old, her dad says. Intrigued Whoa. by the young girl's abilities, her her psychiatrist, a two-year-old has a psychiatrist, <laughs> suggested getting her an IQ test. Isla tested in the 99th percentile for her age group. Soon after her impressive test score, the two-year-old was invited to join Mensa, making her the youngest member ever inducted. McNabb said wow. we reached out to them and they confirmed that she was the youngest member. Well, now Isla continues to read more and more words. Uh, her mom, uh, Amanda, says she can read over 500 words. We've honestly stopped counting. Uh, but the couple joke, they can no longer spell out words to hide them from her, though. <laughs> they uh-huh. said, we can't, sp- we can't say, let's go to the P-A-R-K or anything like that uh-huh. because she can just sound it out. <laughs> wow. You know, it, it, fascinating how children, you know, all develop at different things. Some yeah. have yeah. Uh, an incredible, you know ear yeah her ear is for words and being able to see them and things and right yeah it's just kind of funny because you know there are children who will you know just look at a piano and start playing kind of thing right just for and you never know where that comes from it's just Mm. unbelievable so that's pretty exciting i can't imagine a two-year-old you know (laughs) looking at a two-year-old going dude's already smarter than me come on (laughs) no world (laughs) hey listen call us when she does your taxes yeah LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Mac Show. You know, Mark, every day, every day, 
I take a moment to say, thank you, Jesus for today. Mm. Any, and, and I mean, it, it's not just one time a day, but there's several times during the course of any day where I'm so thankful, you know, um, our buddy, Mike Eccles says, you know, how you doing better than I deserve. Thankful, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's an age thing or whatever, but I, I do that. Mm. You know, I do think about just the little things in life that, that could be big stumbling blocks, you know, that God has removed from my life mm. and it just makes you thankful or makes me thankful. And it's just, it's amazing how, as we grow and, and age and mature and things like that, that you realize how impactful God is in your life day in and day out. And many times we, um, when we're going through a difficult time, you know, and we'll turn, uh, to prayer and it's like, there are day every day I'm thinking if I started with what I'm thankful for, you know, it would be tomorrow before I finished, mm. you know? And I think about that sometimes how many times we take things for granted. Yeah. I just, years ago you pointed out to me how, you know, people around the world, um, truly are hiding from authorities to study the word of God mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. And I remember you saying that and I, I didn't really make a comment about it at the time I thought about it. And I thought I need to look into that because I don't picture that. That's something I think of, a you know, hundreds of years ago kind of thinking. Yeah. And it's happening today. Yeah. Today yeah. around the world. Yeah. And no matter how bad uh, our politicians and so-called leaders are in the United States, and no matter how crazy uh, the leftists who are in the media, no matter what's going on, we still have freedom here that is not happening around the world. True. The only thing we need to do is to make sure we take full advantage of that because if we're standing before God when everything's said and done, if we haven't done everything we're supposed to do mm. in terms of sharing the gospel, and that doesn't mean carrying the heaviest Bible and pointing our bony finger of righteous indignation at the, a lost and dying world and getting mad at them, you know. Yeah. We we need to show some love, man. We need yeah. to really, we need to really do our job. Yeah. And anyway, I just was thinking about that yesterday. I'm so thankful that I never thought Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned. I think that's where uh, it started yeah. with me. Yeah. Never. I did you did you think it would ever be I, overturned? I, not in my lifetime. I really didn't. Yeah. I and, and we talked about it before. It required having yeah. just the right case to go before the Supreme Court, and mm -hmm. we'd been hearing about it. For, for as long as I can remember, I mean, since it, put, you know, all those years ago, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's, it's something's got to happen. And they kept right. saying, you know, we're working on it. We're going to make it happen. We're and, and nothing would happen. Nothing happened. Right. And then finally it did, you know? And see, that's the thing I never, I just didn't think it would happen just because it was law, you know, and it's tough to get those things changed. Mm -hmm. But, um, I remember you and I talking about it years ago and it's like, it doesn't matter whether it's legal or not. It, it actually is of no consequence because those who choose and want to end the pregnancy will always have plenty of help available to help them get it. Yeah. But true. those of us who actually believe that that is not in God's plan, you know, right. Um, it, it's like we have to live what we claim to believe. That's it. Mm. If we do that, it'll end. And that brings it back around full circle to gratitude, Yep. you know, because right. what the people around you who are lost need to see is a good example. Uh, and otherwise they're not going to believe what you claim to believe, but they've got to see right. a good example and you can be that good example and you can start with gratitude because when somebody sees that you're grateful for things in life and they don't 
have a grip on why or how. How can you be grateful with all this junk going on? That opens the door, and you can share why you live a grateful life. You know, the one thing, and, and it's not always easy to share your faith, and I know that because especially with those people who know you and know they, they've heard you cuss, okay? Yeah. Let's just throw it out there. You've yeah. cussed or told a dirty joke or something. Yeah. You know you have said or done something that was not a true example of what you claim to believe. Right. Bad moment. What, call it what you will. And to turn around and share the gospel then with them would be very hypocritical. And that's the first thing they're going to point out. You have to own it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you have to own it. And you do it by saying, I have said many wrong things. I've right. done many wrong things. This is what God's done in my life. Granted, I'm a work in progress, but I do fail every day. And whether it's by thought, action, or deed, I have, you know. Yeah. But if you personalize it, I will tell you, and this goes back to uh, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, okay, where I can say I've been there, but I can't say you've been there kind of thing. Mm. But one of the things I learned was in sharing your testimony in, in the circle of these are all people who, especially at a closed meeting where it's just people who um, have uh, are alcoholic. And when you when somebody shares a, a sort of situation they're going through, they're having a difficult time or what have you, um, you as a member, you don't say, well, Mark, you need to do this. Mark, mm. you need to do that. Yeah. What you do is you actually internalize, say, well, when I had a similar situation, this is what I did. This is how I dealt with it. And I will tell you, when you're honest about that, in explaining what you did to get through a difficult time, mm. you will air your own pitfalls. And, you know, in, and in honesty, you say, I really messed up when I did this because yeah. this is what happened. But here was what I was trying to do. Right. That way, a person doesn't hear your thoughts and opinions. They actually have what you did as a real example. Mm. And it's the same thing with our faith. You know, yeah. it just is telling a, a testimony is your personal story, mm. it, not theoretic. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to have a degree in Bible. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Just trust in that, and, and it'll be fine. And again, I just I go back to that feeling of thankfulness because I, I know what I've done in the past. You know, I know what I've done in my life. Yeah. Good grief, man. <laughs> <laughs> the thing we can all be thankful for is that it ain't about perfection because if it were, we'd all Ooh. be in a lot of trouble. The Mark and Mac Show. Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mac Show, and you know Mark, uh, being a uh, Beatles fan, mm. um, and you are too. Uh, whenever there's a raccoon story, I think of Rocky Raccoon, and I know that <laughs> you know there's got to be something else out there, but it's Rocky yeah. Raccoon. I hear it in my head. Yep. So a New York man and a woman face fines after bringing a raccoon to a store. Yeah, they're facing fines what? of five hundred dollars each. Uh, they took this raccoon to a pet store to shop for food, and a store worker ratted him out. A State Department of Environmental Conservation Police officer got an urgent call from the Erie County Department of Health about a potentially rabid raccoon on June 2nd. Um, the, huh. the health department said a couple had brought a raccoon to a pet store for food and supplies, and a store employee, uh, employee contacted authorities. Raccoons are considered dangerous wild animals because they are known to carry and transmit rabies. 
Well, Eggs. the DEC officer used to, used store surveillance video, a store-issued rewards card, and license plate information to locate the couple in the town of Attica in western New York. The owners turned the raccoon, raccoon, raccoon? The raccoon <laughs> over and were <clears throat> each charged with unlawfully possessing a wild animal. That's a, a $500 fine. The raccoon that was confiscated from the couple was euthanized and tested for rabies, a test that can only be performed on an animal after it's dead. The test turned out uh, negative, according to the DEC. Uh, yeah. So okay. they, they took the raccoon away, killed it, and there was nothing wrong with it. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But, okay, so there's a law against having mm. a raccoon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of the potential yeah. for rabies, yeah. Right. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was that extreme, but again, you know, it... But there are people who have raccoons for pets all the time. I mean, I yeah. You look on uh, look on YouTube and look up raccoon pets, mm-hmm. and you'll you'll have okay. enough videos to go for a week there. There's a lot of stuff right. out there. Yeah. Hmm. Hey. I don't. I. Hmm. I'm stuck on that one, dude. My mommy's even, they, my mom's even told me about having a raccoon as a pet when she was a kid. Wow. Living out in the country. Yeah. Right. But obviously, these this couple didn't know they were breaking any law. Or they wouldn't have carried the raccoon yeah. into a yeah. pet store. Yeah. I mean. They obviously thought we've got a pet here, and right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't have known. I mean, I will tell you that the idea of animals, pets being taken everywhere, you know, as support animals or whatever, it's you know gone a little bit far. Uh, mm. But I just kind of shrug it off now. Yeah. But and I think it's cute when some people show up with an animal I don't really recognize. You know, that's kind of cute. <laughs> but it's like I just don't see the point of taking some weird furry creature into the Dollar General. You know, there's plenty of them already shopping. <laughs> life radio.fm the mark and mag show and you know mark growing up in the uh, 60s and 70s where the space program uh was a big deal uh, now this is the difference in our ages i know we're we're close in age but yeah. you're older a little bit older than me so that the 60s you have a lot more memories i'm sure of the space program in its early stages than i do pretty much mine in a historical standpoint of what I remember seeing is the man on the moon, you know, Armstrong in July of 69. Mm-hmm. I, I know the rest of the story, you know, because of studying it, you know, starting with the right stuff and going on from there, uh, you know, from project Mercury to, uh, going on through to where we are today with the space program. And so when we see stories about NASA wanting its moon dust back, yeah. um, I'm a little concerned because that in the sixties and seventies, that would have been a cool thing to have. Mm-hmm. Now you kind of look at it and go, okay. Um, it still would be cool, but not, not at that level. I wouldn't really think much of it. If somebody said, come here a minute, I got a bag of moon dust. You know, I, <laughs> I just don't know that I'd be buying that, you know? So is this a, is this a, a nickname for something? What do I need right. to know here? You know, yeah. <laughs> do well, I need does to call it come with its own straw? Do I snort it? Do, do I, I eat it? What do, do I, I do need to it? call a cop to make sure it's real? Right. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, NASA wants its moon dust back and his cockroaches too the space agency has asked boston-based rr auction to halt the sale of moon dust collected during the 1969 apollo 11 mission that had subsequently been fed to cockroaches during an experiment to determine if the lunar rock contained any sort of pathogen that posed a threat to terrestrial (laughs) life because you know they that's why they put the astronauts through 
you know, decontamination when they came back. They didn't know what was I remember that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Remember the picture of Nixon standing outside uh-huh. that little metal building with a window? Oh, yeah. It was an Airstream. They had an Airstream trailer that they put them in, and they isolated them in that Airstream trailer for a certain amount of time to make sure that they weren't, you know, they didn't bring something back that was going to kill everybody on Earth, you know? Well, <clears throat> the material, a NASA lawyer said in a letter to the auctioneer, still belongs to the federal government. The material from the experiment, including a vial of about 40 milligrams of moon dust and three cockroach carcasses, was expected to sell for at least $400,000, but they pulled it from the auction block. Wow. Yeah. The cockroach carcasses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Listen, if they want some of those, I can deliver. liferadio.fm Mark Mack Show. Mark, a few minutes ago when uh, we were talking about the NASA dust and, and cockroaches, I wonder if they're playing this off that maybe there are cockroaches on the moon, okay? I'm just saying <laughs> that there are living animals on the moon that, you know, because they're on the dark side, now they're trying to get us, you know, I'm smelling a rat here, you know, or something. Could be the backed up uh, water from the air conditioner, but I'm smelling something. Maybe the the moon actually was at one point a thriving place with an atmosphere and greenery and all kinds of stuff, and the cockroaches destroyed it. You know, there you have it. <laughs> That's you, it. You have hit on it, you know, but you know, Mark, there are lots of stories about the moon and why we stopped going. You know, we spent oh, I know, yeah. a, a lot of money and time to get there. And then basically we grabbed some rocks, came home and that was it. We never built the moon base that mm-hmm. I thought we would have. And I'm not alone in that. I mean, you know, you and I've talked about, I actually did for a long time think that, you know, the moon base idea was one of mine that was just stupid. And then, you know, you get older and you realize, wait a minute, that was the plan. Mm -hmm. The plan was space shuttle, a taxi cab to get astronauts to the space station. They leave the space station to the moon, go to the moon base. And then from the moon base, they take off and explore, you know, Mm -hmm. not on a five-year mission or anything, but you know, enough time to learn how to play the theremin so you could actually do the opening (laughs) for Star Trek. That's right. You know, something like that. Or they could, yeah, (laughs) that's really fun. That was the plan. And then it never happened. You know, there you go. Space. (laughs) Oh gosh. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) but I, I, you know, they, there's, I am. Yeah, you're right. There are a lot of different things that have had. And I thought, uh, I thought that 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 was going to be the way things went, and then yeah, nothing. I, I guess I guess it had to be political, you know. Mm-hmm. Or well, there people, are those who say people, we were warned off. Well, and people, I think people lost interest in it because you know, in the beginning, the audiences mm-hmm. for the for the space launches were yeah. huge. They were right. just huge, and right. it didn't take long before, eh? Oh, they're going up again. Yeah, that's nice. You know, <laughs> well, if you watch, what was it? It was Apollo 13, you know, with mm-hmm. Jim Lovell that got all the attention. You know, the Tom Hanks movie that was, yes, you know, yeah. about Houston, Houston the, we have a problem. Yes. Right. And, you know, it's a, and I encourage you to watch it because it does show you the dangers of space travel. It's not as easy as they make it seem. And that's the whole point. But, you know, the, the goal and the plan was to be able to go to Mars, which we're still talking about, you know, half a century later. And yet, had we stayed on course, I, I'm not, Okay, I am a conspiracy guy. You know that. 
And it really, what I think, that just means I'm open-minded. I'm just, I'm open-minded, Mark. Yes. I see there. And all I'm saying is that when you have a plan and you've executed the plan and then all of a sudden, for no apparent reason, you stop, um, that that tells you something happened. I know public, uh, the public has something to do with it, but you know as well as I do, you build the moon base and go to Mars, you're going to have plenty of attention mm, and yeah. you know, it, it's, that's going to, it's good. It's going to go through ebbs and you know peaks and valleys, but still, uh, yeah. I, there are those who believe we were warned off the moon that there, when our Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin are walking around the moon, that there was some alien thing out there staring at them from this crater, the lip of a crater and that they were warned, you know, basically, Hey, don't come back, you know? And, that's what has there have been for hundreds of years, ever since people looked at the moon, there have been things that appeared to be lights and things like that showing off yeah, from time yeah. to time. And the first telescope, you know, that actually was trained on the moon was, you know, hey, saw something up there. I don't know how much truth there is to that, but you've got history of those things going on, you know, not saying anything other than how can you just totally dismiss the idea that there are other things going on that we don't know about? Mm. That's all. I mean, how do UFOs end up in these pictures from the 1500s, you know, paintings, yeah. you know, yeah. flying objects just boggles the mind. Uh, nice I think I actually might Mark, hold on. I'm trying to remember the picture and it was during the plague or something like that. And I believe one of those spaceships that was in there that was painted, it was the monkeypox craft. That's oh. what it was. That's where monkeypox began in the 1400s with that particular craft. And today, Bert and Ernie are both suffering. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, we're now hitting that, that time of summer with the 4th of July coming up where vacations have either happened already or they're getting ready to happen because mm -hmm. of the, you know, if you're in that mm -hmm. school mode, you know, yeah. the oh. Oh. Uh, seasonal. Oh, wait, I, I got, hang on here. This is, we need this. It's oh, all, it's all about summer ah. vacations. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Let it roll, buddy. Crank it up. I love it, man. Uh, it just makes me excited. I love it. Little Man. Lindsay Buckingham for you. Yeah. Wow. All right. Now, if you think... Talk to me about... Yeah, because people take pictures on their vacations, oh, yeah. you know. Everybody does, yeah. Because you want to remember it. And mm -hmm. because we know our memories fail us. There you go. I got the picture. I, I you, <laughs> you get home and look at them and go, I can't believe I wore that. Well, now you have the digital picture, <laughs> so you know right away, you know. Exactly right. Ooh. <laughs> and if you think sharing your vacation photos on social media is somehow bringing pleasure to your friends back home, guess what? You are wrong. According to a survey, <laughs> an, overwhelmingly, an overwhelming majority, 73%, are annoyed when they see others' vacation photos on social media. However... <laughs> This poll also reveals some uh, some hypocrisy. Of the people surveyed, seventy seven percent say they post vacation pictures themselves. 
<laughs> oh, it's okay for okay. me, but I hate it when you do it. Right. How funny. I hadn't really thought about that. You know, I saw the article yesterday and I thought, you know, I, I look at when people do stuff just, you know, for fun. Mm -hmm. I don't think anything bad about it, but I actually don't post a lot of photos. So, you know, that's true. Yeah. I don't really post that many either. I'll, I was thinking back to our Disney trip back in January, and I didn't post that many pictures from that trip. Yeah. I really didn't. Huh. I took a lot, but I didn't post that many. Right. Yeah. Well, hmm. I don't know. I, I'm, I know saving, that... I'm saving them for the slideshow. I'll be inviting you and LaDonna ah, and Mike and Rita over very wow. soon. Yeah. Oh, my word. <laughs> if you know what he means by slideshow... Yeah, you're old. <laughs> Life Radio FM, the Mark and Mac show, and a little disappointed that people get upset about the vacation photos. We had that a few minutes ago, and it just kind of hit me that yeah, seventy three percent of people surveyed said they didn't like. They got annoyed when people posted you know, pictures of their family vacation or whatever. Yeah. And you got 77% of those that post post their own. Like, so <laughs> that's just weird to me. It is. How strange. could you possibly complain about something that you ought you do yourself hmm. in public? It's not like you're doing it randomly on, you know, I mean, just, people are weird. Yikes. People are just weird. I know, you know, <laughs> you know, I was thinking though, last, I saw this uh, last summer when we did the vacation thing. If you remember, I called you like, I think it was the night, but it was late the night before. Hey dude, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Um, we have a vacation planned that they just told me about. And then I realized later on, they really had no plan. They actually thought that I would just get up and they'd be gone. And I would be like, wow, where'd they go? You know, they never wanted me to go. That was, I was never part of the plan. And, you know, well, you I ruined that for him, didn't I? They had to have somebody to lift the luggage into the car. That was the problem. That's That was it. That's, that's when, when I found, found out. out. Yes. Yeah. So there you have it. But anyway, I remember um, because, you know, I still, when we're on vacation, I get up early. I want some time to myself, you know, early yeah. in the day. Yeah. And you just to sit. I just love watching the ocean. There's, I just love it. That, mm. That's like the most yeah. peaceful and fun time to just sit and, oh. I love it. But anyway, um, we were staying in a place and it had a great area to do just that, to get in a lounge chair and just, you know, early yeah. morning on the ocean. You see people, I've made jokes about people who decide, you know, the first day of vacation to go for a jog on the beach, which <laughs> yeah. not the, just say no, but there's one guy I remember and he was older than me, um, outweighed me, uh, by a good bit and was wearing a speedo and, I'm thinking, first of all, we're not Europe. We're not on a nude beach. And yet this guy is wearing, I'm thinking he has to think that looks good, you know, because we don't go out in public and think, oh, I'm going to wear the most unattractive, horrible thing I can find, you know, and go out there because of the way he was holding himself. He had a pretty high opinion of himself, Mark, and he wow. was wearing a speedo. It's he not, shouldn't have had a high opinion of himself. It's not like he didn't pass at least one mirror on the way out, you know? Had to. Yeah. He had to see something because he had his <laughs> hair combed. He had to look. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Mark. And all I could think of is, is he by himself? Because I noticed he was scoping. Like, again, older than me. And he was looking. He was checking out young women uh, on the beach, you know, holding himself up, trying to position himself like he's, you know. He really thought he was something. And I'm yeah. thinking, okay, when you're that age and you look like that, the only way you end up with one of the girls that looks like that 
is if you have a lot of money. And because you're wearing a Speedo, we can't see your wallet. So you're, you know, you're advertising something, but we don't know what you got. So bless his heart. Should have treated him like Rocky Raccoon from earlier today. You know, that's what he should have done. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And, you know, a couple times we've referenced... Uh, stories we've done earlier in the day and i just want to throw it out there that every day the podcast of the show is uploaded by about 10 o'clock central time most days and unless you're on google but anyway you can <laughs> we have a daily podcast of the show and well, you don't have to miss anything unless so. you're on google or something happens yeah. and gets me sidetracked and then i realize well, much later in the day and that's this has happened a few times I'll, yeah. I'll i'll sit down at my computer and go why is this still open oh no oops <laughs> <laughs> oops yes the, yeah the reason it only happens once in a while you know is because mark does it if it was me it would be every day mark would be texting hey dave do you upload the no oops Dang. all right mark the jetsons it's so funny that uh -huh. the jetsons and the flintstones okay yes. mm -hmm. when i think of one i think of the other because the flintstones were you know your stone age family right the jetsons in the future you right. had the total opposite i mean really cool ideas between the two mm -hmm. and um interesting that you know i don't remember the martian guy that you know fred and barney could see yeah i don't remember him being in the jetsons was uh, he i don't harvey corman i don't think he was yeah Galoob? Seems like he should have been. Galoob, was that his name? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I will find out later. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> the Jetsons? Yes. Hey, it was one of those days yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I felt productive. Jane, stop this crazy thing. <laughs> There's an unusual house for sale in Oklahoma. It's drawing some attention due to its resemblance to the Jetson family home from the classic tar huh. cartoon series, The Jetsons. Oh, wait a minute. I feel better now. Uh, Nancy <laughs> Davis Vandenhand of, of Halloran Home Team, EXP Realty, who showed the unusual Tulsa home in a popular TikTok video, said the house features its own elevator that takes residents and visitors up to the saucer-shaped main floor of the house. The home features... Oh, hang on. That's like that part. <laughs> okay, now we're done. She said uh, the it, it takes visitors up to the uh, main floor of the house. The elevator does. The home features windows on all sides. It features a breathtaking view of the Tulsa skyline. And uh, she says, it reminds me of the Jetsons. Views from every turn. The two-bedroom, <laughs> three-bedroom, uh, three-bathroom house. Two beds, three baths. Built in 2005. They're asking $415,000. What a bargain. Wow, two bedroom, three bath home, four hundred fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, does it have Rosie? <laughs> well, we'll have to check, but I doubt it. For that, you want Rosie? <laughs> you might yeah. have to double the price, <laughs> right? But still, I mean, it'd be worth it, wouldn't it? Could you get that financed in the whole thing? I mean, <laughs> maybe <laughs> Rosie, the robot maid. I know. <laughs> and every time I think of Rosie, I think of the time that she was that she was upset because she lost a boyfriend, and she just. <laughs> <laughs> wow. oh shoot the tv please wow yeah life radio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark uh 20 minute tim thomas our buddy uh 
who is a huge Tennessee fan. Yeah. He moved up to Tennessee and uh, pastored a church up there for a while. And, and when he, he retired from full-time ministry, but you don't ever retire, you know, mm. from ministry. It's just you right. retire from that full-time job capacity where you're, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, anyway, he posts some interesting things on Facebook. And um, he, I say Facebook because after you hit a certain age, Facebook is social media. Okay, that's for everybody else that's under 40, social media means many different things and many different uh, sites from Instagram, right. Twitter, yeah. whatever. But over the age of 40, it's probably Facebook, you know, and that's it. <laughs> anyway, so he posted this on Facebook, and it's a guy, uh, David Leavitt. Okay, L-E-A-V-I-T-T. It could be Levitt. I don't know. But anyway, it's from his account, uh, like his Twitter account or something. And yeah, it says uh, his first thing was posted um, September 9th, 2021 at 830 in the morning. And it said from David Levitt, enough is enough. Make vaccines mandatory. Talking about the COVID vaccine. Mm. Okay. Yeah. And that's what he posted on September 9th, 2021. The other day, he posted, the only person who should have control over your personal medical decisions is you, not politicians, you. So, this is pretty much the liberal mantra, that wanting to demand that everybody get a vaccine. Politically speaking, that's what they wanted. And now, no. So, it's either, yes, the government can tell you what to do and make it happen, or no, they can't, you know? Yeah. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. So a normal, rational human being would see the hypocrisy in this. Liberals do not. Hmm. And that, that's just funny to me in an odd way. Yeah. So, I, I Anyway. And it's true. It's very true. I've seen a lot of those things where they've posted something a year ago, and then they post something else yeah. now. You know? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Just, eh. How can you see this? How can you not see what you're doing? Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I get frustrated at it because, you know, when you actually point that out, you're, you know, right here and, and in reality, okay, you are really and truly talking about personal decisions that one can make. Like, um, for instance, um, insurance on your car, right? Okay. Or no, the seatbelt law, you have to wear a seatbelt in your car or they can give you a ticket. And why is that? To protect you from yourself from mm-hmm. getting hurt. Yeah. If you're driving a car and you choose to not wear a seatbelt, it doesn't hurt anybody else, just you. And they mandated that you have to do this to protect yourself. Hmm. So I remember saying when the seatbelt law was being passed that they tied a lot of other things to it. Yeah. And I just said the government is really, yeah, the government's trying the best they can to take over everything, you know, that they can in your life. And you... The reason you have to be careful of what you allow is the old slippery slope idea, you know, Mm. that once they're in, it's difficult to come back out. The reversal of Roe versus Wade really was something I never thought would happen. You and I talked about this yesterday. Mm -hmm. Neither one of us thought it was going to happen in our lifetime. Yeah. And and so here we are. And it's uh, the It's funny. And I said this the other day that that the reversal of Roe versus Wade actually gave the left what they wanted. I know, you know, it really was, <laughs> yep. which was to get the government out of, out of, uh, your birth control, you know, right. Or so to speak, because well, abortion's yes. not, well, only yeah. in the most bizarre sense, is it birth control? Yes. It's not kind con- it is birth control. It's just not contraception. Okay. So yeah. it got them out of the, it got them out of your, your business, so to speak. So, and, yeah. but the thing is they want that 
they want that centralized control over all of the states as if we are one big state and we're not that's not the country's way the country is designed people live in certain places because they're drawn to those places or they've always lived in those places they've always lived in the in the uh, like in the farm industry there or, or whatever in certain parts of the country they're people who have, have urban lifestyles and they work in certain situations that work that way <clears throat> and they their lives center around the kind of life they you know lifestyles that are available in those areas so one set of one government governing all governing all it won't work it just will not work because we're all different. We all have different needs in the different parts of our country. But they want this one government to control everything. And that's not how we're set up to work. But we gave it back to them so that the people that they elect at home, they, they and their neighbors, mm-hmm. they elect at home, those people are the ones who determine what happens with that particular thing. And they're not happy with right. that. <laughs> right. They want to dictate to everybody because, well, this is right. Everybody should abide by this. Really? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, th- and what's sad is I, is I see that in the church too, where people say, well, yeah. you know, we should have this one size fits all thing for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody should abide by this. Well, right. it's like everybody should be Baptist or everybody should be Methodist or everybody. No, I had it yeah. explained to me one time that it's a lot like different flavors of soft drinks. There are right. different things about each one that appeal to the, to the mentalities of different people a different way. And the important thing is getting the gospel into your heart and mind. That's the important thing. Right. Not the denomination. It's getting the gospel and the truth into you so that you live according to it. That's what's important. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And hey, as we wind things down today, I, I'm really hopeful, Mark, that as you, you in general, plan a vacation this summer, that you will really plan some time to just relax because mm. vacation is stressful, you know, it, or it is to me. It always has been, and it shouldn't <laughs> be. It should be the reverse of that. And yeah, I, I'm still trying to get there. You know, it's like when you have children and, and beyond, it's like for the parents vacation is entertaining your children. You know, your goal mm-hmm. is to make sure they have a great time. Yeah. And this is why, you know, parents also need a break from all the kids a break from that responsibility. That's and true, yeah. I remember there was one time and this is years ago. I, I looked at LaDonna and it was like on a Wednesday and we had just gotten home from church and it was just, ah, you know, <laughs> we really, and we had just got, we, I know what I remember now we had come back from the week long trip at the beach with the youth group. And we had had a couple of days to kind of decompress kids were out of school for summer. We'd gone to the Wednesday night youth service where, the kids were all talking about the, you know, they'd had a great time and what's our next great adventure coming mm-hmm. up. And we got home from church and I just remember looking at LaDonna and I'm like, dude, I'm exhausted. You know, I'm, <laughs> I am exhausted. We need to take a break, man. You know, yeah. this vacation was not a vacation. I'm exhausted. How do we get it? And anyway, it's like, you realize as a parent that those vacations don't happen. That's why the honeymoon's such a big deal. Yeah. You get married, have a honeymoon because once you have children, that's the last time you're going to have a, a time to just chill, you know? Wow. And yeah. Yeah. I think we need to, we need to have that. We need to have that time. And if you have that in your life where you do have peace with your significant other, good for you. Great. I got to get there. 
You know, I have to find a way to get LaDonna to unplug. I think I could, you know, I can call Mark and say, hey, man, take care of things. I'll see you in a couple of days. Right, and it's yeah, done. Yeah. But LaDonna has to, you know, she has a list of like, I mean, if you have your schedule, the to-do list, her to-do list is worry about this, worry about that, worry about this person, worry about that person. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a long to-do list. Yeah. And that, that goes back to one of the, and I've told you this before, that's why I like cruises because cell phones don't work on cruises. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm, I'm kind of that way too. The thing with me is that when we get where we're going and it's just the two of us now, we've been empty nesters for a long time. It's just the two of us and we'll, you know, we'll go someplace and I still feel compelled to get up and get going. I, I, I cannot sit in the hotel room. I'm, I'm someplace. I got to go do something. Let's go someplace. Let's wow. go do something. That's just how I am. And Man. what I, and lately I've been thinking I would like to book a week, maybe two weeks somewhere in the Caribbean on an Island, not on a cruise to just mm-hmm. fly someplace. And then from there, take a boat to a smaller Island and just stay wow. there for a couple of weeks and just live local, so to speak. Right. And just get up in the morning, have some coffee, sit out someplace and watch the waves, you know, because that's, mm. that is the awesome thing to do and watch the <sighs> waves. And then maybe around lunchtime, Hey, you want to walk down to the marketplace and find something to eat? Sure. Let's do that. And then take naps and stuff like just, and just not feel pressured to do anything. Just wow. completely unplugged for a couple of weeks. Okay. Now where I'm going to get the money to do that is a mystery, <laughs> but tell you what i'll uh okay i'll drive to georgia i'll get you some lottery tickets and we'll give it a shot begin your day with a smile the mark and mac show weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm